Support for Local Color, a Baltimore podcast, is provided by Brioxi. Brioxi is working to put hundreds of innovators of color into their own home in Baltimore. Join the tribe. We are the ready generation. So I ended up coming back to Baltimore, no job, no money, even my apartment. I couldn't get my car fixed like in the dead of winter. I stayed in my mother's basement. They had no heat, mold on the walls, like missing ceiling tiles, bugs and mice crawling on me, biting me in my sleep. It was just like wild. And I was just like, how the fuck did I get here? Hey everyone, I'm Jason V. This is Local Color, a show about the local color that makes Baltimore great. Today's guest is C. Harvey of Baltimore's Gifted and Generation of Dreamers. There's a saying that goes, leaving and coming back is not the same as never leaving at all. For Harvey, she had to leave Baltimore to find herself. When she returned, she was ready to show the city she was an entrepreneur, and from that entrepreneurial spirit came two business ventures. Stay tuned. I go by C. Harvey. I do a lot, so I'll just say I'm a creator. Okay, is the C short for something? My real first name. Is that a secret? It's not a secret, but I'm not going to give it out. Well, guess what, C? Joke's on you. I did my research, and your full name is Harvey, and you're from Northeast Baltimore. Growing up wasn't a battle for C, but she was never far removed from life experiences that could make a person go down a darker path. When I pressed her on the things she saw, she refused to elaborate. I don't like to feed into that narrative. I was further enough from this quote-unquote ghetto that... I didn't see that, but at the same time, I was still close enough that it wasn't completely gone. School was cool for C. I went to school for math and science, so that was always like, well, I won't say math was my favorite, but like ingenuity classes, um, things like that, always my favorite. School was pretty good. Elementary school was the best. I think that's really where I got my roots from. Ingenuity classes are another name for honors or gifted and talented. Middle school, middle school was blah. I went to a county middle school. It was just me going to school with white people for the first time. So it was just very blah. It wasn't that they weren't culturally aware. I wasn't even thinking about that type of stuff back then. After the blahness of middle school, C. Harvey attended and graduated from Poly. After Poly? I got my AA in computer-aided drafting and design. Worked at an engineering firm at the age of 19. And then I went to Temple for a year and a half. Then I had to drop out. I had a hardship. It took me a bit to get C to spill about that hardship. We'll come back to it in a bit. Emphasis on that because it wasn't the only obstacle C overcame in her personal journey. Aged 19 at the engineering firm, C. Harvey learned some hard lessons about life. Nobody ever told me anything about me being black or being a woman was going to be an issue. I knew the gay thing was an issue, but it's like nobody ever said anything. That was probably my first introduction to the white man's world. That's when I found out everything I was was an issue I didn't know before that. Rejection is a funny thing. It has a strange way of making us stronger and proving those who doubted us wrong. C was laid off from her job at the engineering firm, but the workplace discrimination didn't make working there that much fun to begin with. That is what set me on the track to entrepreneurship. I wasn't happy. I was having like nervous breakdowns. Like It got really bad. That job was funding her time at Temple University, so she had to drop out. But I'm really glad it happened because that is what I needed to say. I need to always be in control of my future and I can never do that really working for somebody else. And I don't love this. I wasn't being fulfilled. So I took a shot 
And that was with Generation and Dreamers. When you were growing up, did you ever have like, any family members or family friends that were entrepreneurs that kind of uh, sparked your inspiration to strike out on your own or it was just that that time at the engineering firm that made you realize like the only way I'll be happy is if I do what I want on my own terms entrepreneurs just one that's this is my late cousin David and that's who I always feel like his spirit is guiding me because we we had like a completely different relationship he was a completely different person compared to everybody in my family on my father's side he was just a different spirit like, I don't know if you're familiar with, like, Morgan State University campus, and they have the two big flags waving outside. Well, it's three of them. One is the Merlin flag. One is the U.S. flag. The third is the African-American flag. He actually designed that with his wife, and that's my cousin. So he was the only entrepreneur, but he died in 2001. But like I said, I think his spirit guides me. And as far as makers, not entrepreneurs, but makers, creative types, my mom's a maker. She's a seamstress. Uh, my aunt's a master seamstress and my grandma's seamstress. So it comes from there too, but they were never like entrepreneurs. So I took it to the next level with that. As makers, C's family always told her to express herself and be creative. They never needed a reason to be creative. They would just do it. So that's mm-hmm. why I just do it. As creators and makers, we want the world to see and admire our work. Of course, we also want to get paid. For a creative anywhere in the world, the next step from staying home and being a tortured artist is to check out your city or town's local art scene. C. Harvey admits, even though she's from Baltimore. Even though I love my city of Baltimore, Baltimore is really not what inspired me to do what I do. It was really Philadelphia. The city of brotherly love is where C. really came into her own as a creator and entrepreneur. Philadelphia's art scene offered her something Baltimore's just couldn't. It's, it's just a bit richer. I don't mean like money richer. I just mean like the quality of what's happening and like the, 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 the context of what's happening is much richer. And you have to remember uh, Philadelphia is a college city. So it was very young and people from like all over are coming. So it's always just like a fresh city. Um, and I think for me, when I was going through my hardship at the engineering firm I used to work at, and I used to have like panic attacks, like meltdowns, I would leave. And it just so happened that I worked on the Avenue of the arts where um, a college institute was just like kind of sprinkled all over downtown. So when I would have my meltdowns, I would just leave the office and just wander into like the buildings of the college and just kind of look around. And that's really what inspired me to say, you know what, I know I made a decision to go to school for engineering. and I'm here. I spent all this money, but this is what's actually calling me. So for me, um, if it wasn't for Philadelphia, I don't even think I would be doing what I'm doing, to be honest. Between the engineering firm and the other hardship, a lot of stuff happened in Philly that shaped her as a person. When C returned to Baltimore, she was focused and determined to turn her vision into a reality. That vision was Generation of Dreamers. After realizing she didn't want to work in the corporate world. Well, what do I want to do? What am I good at? I'm, I won't say I'm a seamstress, but I know how to sew. I used to design clothes. I always uh, customize sneakers. And I was really into sneakers, so the original idea was like, okay, I'm going to start a business, and now I'm going to start a sneaker store. Started doing my research and, like, just the cost alone, how much it costs. And then for me to get the type of sneakers I wanted, you need a certain tier account, and you really can't get those tier accounts unless you have that budget or you have those connects. So I said, maybe if I start a clothing line, I can kind of get my foot in the door, and then I can have the sneaker store I wanted. That's how it started. And then when I actually moved back home, I was so defeated 
because I was like very arrogant when I left. Like I was a different person. Like I was on some shit. Like I'm never coming back. Fuck Baltimore. It was wild. So when I came back, I was super humble. But I was like, if I have to come back, I'm not going to come back doing the same shit. Like I really got to try something different. So August 2010, I said I want to start Generation of Dreamers in. I knew the sneaker thing wasn't for me, but I just said, I think something about this is is where I really found my calling. So I just went with it and it took off in ways I never imagined. What is the significance of that name, Generation of Dreamers? Um, I was drunk one night <laughs> in Philadelphia. This is like when I was right after I got laid off and I was just out wilding. I was wilding like. I was going on. You were just out there? You were really out there? I was, though. That's the thing. <laughs> and I was in a bar with my friend, and we were just talking about our parents and how they don't understand. And I remember I just, like, drunkenly blurted out, they don't understand. We're a generation of dreamers. And even though I was drunk, I caught myself like that slick. And I texted to myself. And then that was it. We just kept talking. And then, like, a couple weeks later, when I was really going through, like, the lost my mind phase, I was taking Sharpies and like drawing on my, my thumbprints and I was putting it on paper. It was weird. And then like drawing a drip on it. And I was like, I don't know what this is going to be, but it's going to be something. And it wasn't until I moved back to Baltimore that I put together like the little design I did with Generation of Dreamers. But the acronym is God. So. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's pretty dope. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now, where is uh, Generation of Dreamers at today? Uh, how, how's everything coming with the business now? I was on hiatus. 2014, I had, like, the most major hardship ever in my life, and I really had to just stop. I just had to stop and take a step back. 2015, I was getting ready to get back to it, then the riots broke out, and I decided I wanted to take just a moment to give something back. But I'm finally at a place where I can get back to it. I'm relaunching this June in L.A., so that's going to be fun. But I've been on, like, an active hiatus just doing portfolio work, uh, I just got overwhelmed and like I said I was going through a lot and I just had to stop for a second but mm-hmm. I am really happy to be back at it I'm getting some stuff ready now good good uh, are you willing to talk about that hardship that you suffered while you were up at Temple no Temple was this is I came back from Temple 2010 the hardship was in 2014 oh okay after I moved back like this is some whole other oh yeah okay, 2014 gotcha. well basically it started in 2013 I got invited to my first trade show in LA and they're very expensive. And I knew I wasn't ready, but I was. I went for it anyway. And I had some major issues in my personal life. Like I said, I was messing around with pills, depression, and I just, I wouldn't address it properly. And it just kind of got way out of control. But again, I just refused to slow down. And um, I took all the money I had just to get to the trade show, not realizing that I still needed even more money to have product on hand for people who wanted to buy at the trade show. Um, I was used to dealing to dealing with like independent smaller retailers and trade shows are corporate retailers and their whole ordering process is completely different. And again, me just being in my whole arrogant out of my mind mind state, I just thought the universe would benefit me because my shit was so tight and it just didn't work out that way. So I ended up coming back to Baltimore, no job, no money, even my apartment, I couldn't get my car fixed like in the dead of winter. I stayed in my mother's basement. They had no heat, mold on the walls, like missing ceiling tiles. Uh, the kitchen at the time had no sink, no stove. It was like wild, like bugs and mice crawling on me, biting me in my sleep. It was just like wild. 
And I was just like, how the fuck did I get here? We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, how C. Harvey came back from the abyss and found herself. Support for Local Color, a Baltimore podcast, is provided by Brioxi. Brioxi is a network fighting to change the opportunity landscape in the U.S. for minorities across all intersections. Here in Baltimore, Brioxi is helping hundreds of innovators of color buy their first home. Learn how to find support for your down payment, invest with other people of color, and strengthen your community. Join the tribe. We are the ready generation. Hey everyone, I'm Jason V. This is Local Color. Before the break, C. Harvey spoke on the hardship that almost broke her spirit. She went to a trade show she wasn't prepared for, and it ended in disaster. She returned to Baltimore defeated and ready to give up. Failure looks different for everyone, and two things usually happen. First, you stay defeated. You mope around and wallow in self-pity because surely in the history of man, no one's ever felt as bad as you do, right? After a while, you realize feeling sorry for yourself has gotten you absolutely nowhere. It takes a surprising amount of energy to be a buzzkill. You dust yourself off, put one foot in front of the other, and make your way back to the light. C's journey back into the world had a spiritual component attached to it. In the beginning, I was going just like, I was like, I'm done. I just, I was about to give up. And then, like I said, me and God had a talk. And he said, don't stop, just be still. So I just practiced stillness for the whole year, 2014. Can you talk about that stillness? Is that a form of meditation? Um, It can be. I don't do meditation. I'm, I'm not even in a mental space to do that. But stillness is like when you've done all that you can. I think sometimes when it's not working out the way we want or as fast as we want, we do even more, not realizing you can be working against what the universe already had set up for you in the first place. So once you get to a place where you've done all you can, um, you don't get frustrated, you don't worry, you don't doubt, you just understand that there's something greater happening beyond you, and you just take a moment to just step back and just let light happen around you. So for me, stillness was like no rap music, like no music at all. I stopped listening to music, um, no headphones, I went against getting my car fixed and I like voluntarily just took the bus so I could just like hear other people because you block people out with headphones. Mm -hmm. You just hear what you want to hear. If I could walk somewhere, if it was like nice out, just walk. No bus, no Uber, just walk. Um, Yeah, a lot of reading, no weed, like no sleeping pills, like nothing synthetic. So that's what it was for me. Stillness allowed C. Harvey to regain some footing and control over her life. It also allowed her to start a new project aimed at helping Baltimore's creative youth. So when I'm on the bus and I'm listening to like kids go to school, like I'm like, whoa, when I was in middle school, high school, I was not talking about that shit. (laughs) Like we might have experimented with like weed, but that was the furthest it went. So when you hear these kids talking about popping mollies and all this other and Percocets and they're like proud of it and you see them nodding off like it started to like really jolt me a little bit but I was just becoming extremely aware that there was something way different going on in their childhoods that didn't happen in my childhood I just started to feel like really bad like not to say it in a, in a bad way but you look at them like you ain't gonna be shit and I'm scared for you but not like you can't be shit but People are taking resources out of your mouth. They're exploiting you. And I just started to really feel it. Like I said, 2015, I was getting ready to get back to Generation of Dreamers. Then the riots broke out, and I said, maybe this isn't the time. And I stood back, and I watched a lot of people become opportunists. 
and use what was happening in the city to just kind of push their personal agenda or to get the spotlight for themselves. And as the year went on in 2015, I'm like, oh, my God, like people are losing their minds. Like people are just really trying to get paid to speak on panels and do all this other shit. And I'm like, okay, I'm not the type to sit back and just complain about what somebody else isn't doing right. If I feel like you aren't doing it right, then can I do it better? And the answer, I said, yes. The answer is yes. Um, I also had an art collection I was shopping around at the time. And I met somebody. He was he's not a bad person at all. He's a pretty cool person, but it just reminded me that the city was filled with people like him with this almost pretentious nature where they feel like it's okay to come into the city, take resources, but not actually give back. And once that encounter happened, like I sat by the water for a while and I thought about, oh hell no. This is why my creator sat me down. Like we got something bigger to do. And I said, okay. All right, God, I'll give you my service. Like, tell me what you need me to do. I'll do your work. It just came to me. I wanted to replicate Generation of Dreamers in this sense for them. So almost what I do for myself, I created for them. And I just paid for out of pocket. I didn't wait for anybody's support or blessings. I didn't wait for a grant. I didn't wait for a full team. I just I just got to it. Baltimore's Gifted is C's way to fight back against those opportunists and selfish folk looking to make a quick buck in the face of adversity. They're literally soaking up all the resources for themselves when if you're in that position, you should really be doing something to give back. Not saying you have to make your whole career about giving back because it's not for everybody, but there are literally people who just come into the city do things for themselves, their personal agenda, just them. They really don't benefit the city and then they move on and I'm like, Hell no. Like, as long as I stand back and I don't exist, that's a room for them to exist. So I said, I have to just step into the arena like I have to exist so you can't exist. Gifted offers a generous 80-20 split to the artists for all revenue generated. I asked to see how she came up with that figure. Typical galleries retain anywhere between like 30 to 50 percent. So it had to be realistic. Like, I'm not here to do charity. Like, I'm not here to teach kids how to accept handouts. I'm here to teach them how to go get it and be entrepreneurs. So I had to be realistic. Um, But at the same time, um, me personally, in my life, I don't need to make money off of kids. I have my own income streams. So I just really wanted to make sure they could take home as much as they could. But also just make sure, like, basic stuff like hosting and merchandise was just covered. And it wasn't bleeding my pockets because I'm not balling, so. Generation of Dreamers and Baltimore's Gifted offer different feelings for C. Dreamers is an exhilarating experience, selling stock overseas, meeting celebrities, and getting backstage access to events and shows. You know, the life of a baller. For Baltimore's Gifted, it's more a labor of love. Black children are really being exploited. So for me, it's more like I'm on like my lioness, mother lion, maternal instincts where it's like it's not fun work. But like I said, I feel like I'm being called to do it. Can you talk about how people of color, younger, less affluent people, and I mean this to say like anybody from like just out of high school to a college graduate, not like not. Uh, established in their career yet how are people without those you know big dollar resources and those big name resources how can they contribute to artists in the area Um, and of course the obvious answer is buying their merchandise and you know uh, paying them for their work but what else can people do to support artists in in their area um 
The first thing is stop only supporting artists that you know or that you're friends with or that you want to be buddy-buddy with. Um, if we're really going to come up as a city, we got to get out of this whole clickish thing and just appreciate people for their creative merit and not whether it's based on a personal relationship or popularity or dumb shit like that. Um, once you do that, I think people really underestimate how big like a social media share could be. Like I get so many people who tell me how awesome Baltimore's Gifted is and how I'm doing such great things. And it's like, but you haven't shared it with your audience. Like once your audience can see that you're getting behind it, then they can get behind it. So if you don't want to buy or you don't have money to buy and support an artist, it, social media reposts, retweets, they don't cost anything. Uh, just literally help spread the word and don't only do it when there's some type of incentive in it for you. Like, just spread the word because it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't take but a moment. C is always busy, so when I asked what her future plans were, it was a laundry list in the best way possible. People kind of don't like what I'm doing. It's very disruptive. Um, in a nonprofit world, it's like this very cookie-cutter way of doing things, and I don't think people understand you can do things a completely different way and not get sucked into the bullshit. Um, so I don't want to give away too much, but... But I get this going to have a good year. I'm really excited. How can people contact you if they want to learn more or if they want to get involved or they know a, a Baltimore youth that, you know, is displaying talent but doesn't have uh, an outlet for their creativity? Best way is Baltimore's Gifted, and that's Baltimore's with an S, Baltimore'sGifted.com. You can just go to contact or help them submit their artwork. If you want to email me, again, just hit contact or it's info at baltimoresgifted.com. Shout out to Angela Carroll for putting me on to see. Today's episode of Local Color was written, produced, narrated, edited, and published by me, Jason V. Follow Local Color on Instagram at Local Color Podcast. You can also like Local Color on Facebook. Head to Local Color's website, localcolorpodcast.com, where you can listen to the entire catalog. Also, please subscribe to Local Color on iTunes to get those push notifications when new episodes drop. Thanks for listening. I'm Jason V, and I'll be back with more Local Color.